You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works number 266, the first of three volumes, entitled From the Esoteric School, Esoteric Lessons, 1904-1909 to by Rudolf Steiner, translated by James H. Hines. This is section 11 of my recordings. Again, these are very, some of these are very small, short transcripts, as it were, of uh, memories of people who were at the lessons. They were not allowed to be written down while they were there. So I have uh, broken this up in different ways. This is going to be, this section 11 is the second half of the year 1906. Esoteric lesson given in Munich on November 6th, 1906, manuscript from Alice Kinkel. Ah equals past, U equals present, M equals future, Aum. Esoteric schooling leads humans to freedom. It leads them to become master of various beings that are constantly flowing through the human body, going in and out of it, so that the human being becomes a companion to these beings. Their names are phantoms, in quotes, for the physical body, ghosts, in quotes, for the etheric body, demons, in quotes, for the astral body, spirits, in quotes, for the capital I. In order to learn how to master them, we must create a firm skeleton, a firm framework of the etheric body, just as the physical body has in its framework of bones. This framework is the pentagram for the etheric body, and there's a five-pointed star. At the top, A, point of head, thinking. The two left and right arms of the star are B, arms, feeling, and the two lower points are feet, willing. Similarly, a framework is to be formed for the astral body, that is a hexagram, and uh, readers aside, this is again a Jewish star. At the top A, point of head, uh, right across there, uh, C and C is ears, below that straight across B and B is arms, and D just has an uh, asterisk. Uh, uh, footnote, excuse me, footnote. Marie Steiner inserted heart here at the D at the bottom. So there would be a head at the top, heart at the bottom. Uh, The two top points uh, are ears, two lower points arms. And readers aside, as it were. In order to achieve this, the following four fundamental principles are to be developed. Number one, learn to keep silent and power will come to you. Number two, give up power, and the ability to will will come to you. Number three, give up willing, and feeling will come to you. Number four, give up feeling, and knowledge will come to you. Those are four steps to which the human being can ascend. Every suppression gives a certain power. The spirits and beings that constantly rule the human being and make us unfree, if we know them then, 
We no longer need to be their slaves. The first thing the pupil must learn and practice is attention to him or herself. And that is the end of that esoteric lesson. Esoteric lesson given in Berlin on November 14, 1906. Record A is a manuscript from Matilda Scholl, Anna Weissmann. Record B, manuscript from Eugenie Bredov. Record C, manuscript from Matilda Hoya. Record A. The exercises that are to be carried out by those involved in an esoteric schooling will be further explained in this contemplation. For those who have not yet had to carry out these exercises, the explanations given here will be a preparation for the time when they too will have to carry out these exercises. The great masters of wisdom and harmony of feelings guide us in our inner struggle for knowledge. A well-known exercise is this, that one first concentrates on the point at the root of the nose between the eyebrows within the head, then on the point within the larynx, then on the point extended to a line that extends from the shoulders to the arms and hands, and then the point drawn even further apart that expands to cover the entire surface of the body. In the secret doctrine, one also speaks of these lines and surfaces as a point. We want to better understand this exercise. In order to do this, we must go far back in our thoughts and place ourselves in the Lemurian age. The earth looked entirely different then. At that time, what is now solid rock flowed like water. Air, in the present sense, was not yet present. The entire earth was sheathed in hot vapors. Many metals that are solid today were in vaporous form there, or they ran like water. The vaporous atmosphere was filled with streams of etheric forces, as today it is filled with streams of air. Human beings were already living on this earth, but they were a kind of fish-bird animal that moved about hovering and swimming. Now, an important event occurred in human evolution at that time, when the human beings formed a skin and closed themselves off from the rest of the world, becoming independent beings. Until then, human beings were not separated from their environment, but rather the streams of the entire world flowed into them. Now, however, they were closed off by the skin. This enclosure was brought about by a very specific etheric stream. After a certain time, another significant event occurred. Human beings brought themselves into an upright position and thereby gave their entire striving and actions a certain direction. Before that, the bodies of human beings were oriented the same way as present-day animals. Only now could human beings form and shape their front members, their arms and hands as they are shaped today, that is, for work in the actual sense. Only now could human beings begin to work independently. Only now could they develop their individual karma. No animal can do that. A second special etheric stream brought about this transformation. A third 
etheric stream had a third important transformation as consequence. Only now, when human beings developed an upright gait, could they develop the lungs that are unique to human beings. And, connected with this, the larynx was formed with delicate etheric substances. Now, gradually, human language could be developed. Through a fourth etheric stream, an organ was developed between the eyebrows at the root of the nose, and only through this organ did the human being awaken to self-consciousness. Before that point, he or she had only self-feeling. If you now direct your attention, firmly and energetically, always to one of the four points only, that is, to the root of the nose, or to the larynx, or to the hands and arms, or to the entire surface of the body, and connect this exercise with a very specific word that can only be conveyed from mouth to mouth, from teacher to pupil, then you will come into contact with the corresponding etheric stream that called forth the transformation in the human body. Esoteric schooling consists above all in this, that we become aware of the processes that are working unconsciously on our body. We are to enter into a conscious connection with the forces of the cosmos. If one crosses one's hands so that the right hand lies over the left and then concentrates on the hands that have been so crossed in connection with a very specific word, then one will soon notice that both hands strive to separate and that one's arms spread apart entirely on their own if the exercise is done often enough and with great energy and endurance. This is the position of medieval saints. This exercise also has its special significance. There are etheric streams that always circulate out of the cosmos through the human body. One such stream enters through the head and proceeds from there into the right foot, then into the left hand, then into the right hand, then into the left foot, and from there back into the head. Think of the human being in the position just described, standing with outstretched arms. Then the stream has the form of a pentagram, and there's a picture. It would be bad for human beings if the stream did not enter into them through the head, but rather through the feet. All bad influences enter into the human body through the feet. Black magicians make use of this fact. But this stream circulates in human beings, not only when they are in this special position, but rather always, also when the hands are folded together or when a leg is bent. There are five different etheric vibrations through the human body. One of them also circulates in solid matter and is therefore called, in quotes, earthly, because it can also penetrate the solid earth. The five streams are called tatwas, spelled T-A-T-T-W-A-S. The earthly tatwa is also called prithivitatwa, One can also see it if, when exhaling, one breathes in a very special way onto a smooth mirror. 
assuming that all the preconditions have been fulfilled in the appropriate way, then one can see the form in which the tatwa flows. On the mirror a square is shown, or rather actually only the four corners. One can also taste the tatwas if one's attention is directed in a certain way to the tip of the tongue. Prithivi tatwa tastes sweet. Similarly, one can see the tatwas. Prithivi tatwa looks yellow. The second etheric stream is called apas tatwa, labeled as such because it can no longer circulate in the earth, but still in water, in fluid. Tehyas tatwa still circulates only in the air, and that is not what we call air today. Vaju tatwa is still finer. The finest stream is akasha tatwa. That is the substance of which our thoughts are woven. The form of this tatwa consists of two spirals that are constantly intertwining. And again, the Prithivi tatwa, it looks like a square with the sides cut out, so just the corners. It's sweet and yellow. The apas tatwa is a crescent moon shape, and its taste is tart, its color is white. Tehas tatwa is spicy and red and is a triangle. Vaju tatwa is sour and green and is a circle, and akasha tatwa is bitter, dark blue-black and is two intertwining spirals. These five streams are constantly circulating in human beings and bring them into connection with the entire cosmos. The being of humans is woven from spirit. We are born out of the spirit, descended into matter and streaming back to the spirit. These streams that were active in us when we descended into matter, we should now become conscious of. We are going back the same path that we came down, but now consciously. There is no other true development. What we are already now enkindling through these exercises will be developed by the whole of humanity only in the sixth root race. In occult science, a root race means one day of creation. We are preparing the sixth day of creation. We are in the dawn of the sixth day of creation. The descent into the spirit, life in matter, and the return to the spirit is represented in three letters, Aum, the end of record A, record B. Our point of departure is a description of the meditative exercises that many of us have already had and others not yet. To this end, Dr. Steiner spoke of concentrating on various points when meditating, in particular in the exercise concentrating on a point between the eyebrows at the root of the nose, then the larynx, then the arms and hands, with a meditative sentence that is given to the pupil by the teacher. This meditation was related to the fact that the physical body was first formed by the etheric body and the etheric body formed and permeated the physical organs. A later exercise would be to lay the right hand over the left and to guide the streams in the form of a pentagram from the root of the nose through the body. 
that is, from the head to the right foot, left arm, right arm, left foot, and back to the head. The human being would be the pentagram, and the streams would be guided through his body. If the exercise is done very intensively, then one's arms spread themselves out involuntarily so that the human being creates a cross. However, it would not be necessary for the body to be held in the position of the lines of a drawn pentagram. The etheric organs would not be stiff, but rather flexible and bendable and follow the body's bends. A black magician guides the streams instead of beginning at the head from the feet into the body and thereby achieves an entirely different effect through the fact that the lower forces stream into the human being. For this reason, a white magician will never start anywhere other than the head. Parenthesis, Goethe, the pentagram which is open. Close parenthesis. Another exercise is the breathing exercise, which everyone wanting occult development had to go through. Dr. Steiner went back to the times when human beings were similar to jellyfish and lived in a fluid similar to water which consisted of the same semi-fluid substance as they themselves, that is, before humans were enclosed in skin, when they were the same as their environment. Gradually, the human being evolved into his or her present form. An important step in evolution is the time in which human beings learned to walk upright and formed arms and hands out of the instruments for forward movement. The human being is distinguished from everything that is animal through the use of arms and hands for work, for activity, as well as through upright posture. In this way the larynx and lungs were gradually formed and humans began the activity of breathing as they now practice it. Now there are various degrees of what the human being inhales. If someone who is already further developed breathes on the surface of a mirror when exhaling, then they will be able to make all kinds of observations. Everything that now surrounds us as that which we call air is termed air. Earthly equals prithivi tatwa. Then second comes the watery, that is, in the esoteric sense watery, equals apas tatwa. Then the airy, in the esoteric sense fiery, equals teya tatwa. Then a still finer substance, vaju tatwa, and finally, as the finest substance, akasha tatwa. That is the matter out of which thoughts are woven. Readers aside, I've been saying teya, I think it's teja tatwa, sorry, and the readers aside. The individual tatwas also have forms, flavor, and color, which are as follows, and again, those are the same as I read previously. All of these tatwas permeate the body. When humans are further developed, the etheric streams become visible to them. What is still hidden to ordinary humans, what they will only attain when the sixth root race is completed, can already be achieved by those who wish to evolve quickly, now in an age that is called the dawn of the sixth root race by the masters of the White Lodge. We live in the fifth sub-race of the fifth root race, but the dawn of the sixth root race is already breaking. 
The words that have been given us concerning this by the masters are translated into German as follows. The words, please. End of record B. This is record C. There are five different etheric streams in the human body. One of these also circulates through solid substance and is therefore called because it can penetrate the solid mineral elements, in occult terms, the earthly, earthly. The earthly tattva is called prathivi tattva. One can also see it if one allows one's breath to flow into a, onto a smooth mirror in a special way when exhaling. Then, assuming all the preconditions have been appropriately met, one sees the form in which this tattva flows. A square is shown on the mirror. One can also taste the tattvas if one directs one's attention to the tip of the tongue. One can also see them, parenthesis, if one closes one's eyes, one sees the colors, not the complementary colors of the external world, but they often change themselves into the complementary colors by themselves. Close parenthesis. The stream of apas tatwas circulates not only in the earthly but also in water, that is, in everything fluid, speaking esoterically, but also in the blood. The third stream, Tejas Tatwa circulates only in the air, that is, esoterically speaking, in the air. Vaja is still finer, and Akasha is the finest of all. That is the substance out of which our thoughts are woven. The form of this Tatwas is two spirals that are constantly intertwining. These five streams are constantly circulating in human bodies and bring them into connection with the cosmos. Esoteric lesson given in Hamburg on November 18, 1906. Uh, very short. Notes from Amelie Wagner. Concerning the pentagram and the five streams. Significance of concentration on the astral senses. The earthly senses receptive. The astral senses active out of themselves. That's the end of that esoteric lesson. This is an esoteric lesson given in Cologne on December 1, 1906. Manuscript from Anna Weissmann. One of the most important guiding principles from esotericism, as it is given to the pupil through the teacher from the masters of wisdom and the harmony of feelings, is as follows, quote, Learn to keep silent, and power will come to you. Give up power, and the ability to will will come to you. Give up willing, and the feeling will come to you. Give up feeling, and knowledge will come to you. Esoteric pupils must place this principle before their souls in all their actions and deeds. Then one day they will experience the truth of these verses themselves. However, one does well to bear in mind that these different forces can only be acquired one after another. That is, one can never first acquire knowledge and then somehow feeling and then willing and then power. Rather, from relinquishing power, willing arises. An example can be brought forward here from the life of a rich Englishman, Oliphant, who in the middle of the past century lived in England and owned a very large fortune. He was inspired by a noble love for his needy fellow human beings. And from this feeling, he and his wife, 
who was filled with the same feelings, distributed their entire wealth to the poor and emigrated to America, equipped with the barest necessities. There they worked to acquire a modest means, and with this means they moved to Mount Tabor. Here a strange appearance came to light with them. Oliphant began to write several highly interesting and peculiar books concerning Genesis, by means of the inspiration that his wife had from the Spirit. Altogether, from a purely occult point of view, these books represented the strangest things that anyone at that time wrote about the Bible. However, only with the help of his wife was he in a position to have these thoughts. After an intensive life of spiritual knowledge, his wife died first. Oliphant was able to continue his work only for a short time after the death of his wife. Then the ability to write disappeared entirely, since the inspiration of his departed wife no longer reached the physical plane. This is an example of the truth of the second line of the verse listed above. Let me read that, uh, just to get that back in our heads. Give up power, and the ability to will will come to you. Okay, now back to Steiner. In the world that surrounds us, everywhere on the earth, we are constantly surrounded by five etheric streams. In the sense of the Rosicrucian schools, the etheric streams are characterized as follows. Earth ether, water ether, fire ether, air ether, and thought ether. The corresponding Indian terms are Prithivatatva, Apas Tatva, Tejas Tatva, or Agni Tatva, Vaju Tatva, and Akasha Tatva. Just as these ether streams are constantly present in the nature that surrounds us now, so they are also active in a very specific way in human being in humans. The earth etheric goes from the head to the right foot. From there the water ether goes to the left hand. Then from the left hand the fire ether goes to the right hand. From there the air ether goes to the left foot. And from there the thought ether goes back to the head. In this, in this way the following figure arises, and there he shows a pentagram. This is the pentagram of esotericists, the holy pentagram, quote, the sign of the human being, close quote. Its point is pointed upward, which thereby indicates that the spiritual streams to the human being out of the heights. Everywhere in nature where we find symmetrical order based on the number five, for example in flowers, the pentagram is present. If we turn the pentagram around so that the point is point directed downward, then we call this the sign of black magic. By means of the point, black magic draws the lower detrimental forces of the earth to itself. And then by means of their evil will, black magicians send these detrimental influences out into the world through the two horns above in order to make the forces of nature and the soul serve their evil purposes in an egotistical way. 
There's another picture. In what follows several especially notable characteristics and relations between the etheric streams are listed in a table. We find there, in cross-section, the five different streams, their relationships to taste, to color, etc. Through betrayal, several of these special characteristics have been published. However, one heard there the bells ringing, but without hearing the symphony. The cross-section form of thought-ether, akasha-tatwa, is presented in an entirely false and misleading way. It was said there that this figure is similar to an ear. As a matter of fact, this is not the case. It is rather a dark blue swirl into which another, less visible swirl entwines. Since this second swirl is not clearly visible, the opinion arose that the cross section of Akasha Tatwa forms the figure of an ear, but this is the true form, and there's a picture, and a chart, which I will not read, uh, end of that esoteric lesson. Esoteric lesson given in Berlin, December 18, 1906. Record A is a manuscript from Matilda Scholl, Anna Weismann. Record B are notes from Matilda Hoya. Record C is a manuscript from Camilla Wandry. Record A. Today we want to consider the being of the three Logoi more closely. Many theosophists speak inaccurately about these things at the beginning, when they know little about theosophy. This can lead to confusion and injury. Actually, there is no human being in whom higher consciousness has not awakened who can imagine the being of the three Logoi. Nevertheless, by calling forth the appropriate images, one can prepare the soul for proper clairvoyance in the future. Everything spiritual also expresses itself in the physical world. So, we want to consider what, in the physical world, corresponds to those lofty powers. In ordinary life, one says that the human being has five senses. Esotericism names only three. Smell, taste, sight, sense of warmth, hearing. Taste and sense of warmth lie between these. When I smell something, I am taking very fine particles of the substance in question into my nose. Therefore, with the sense of smell, I am perceiving matter itself. When I see with my eyes, I am not perceiving the object itself, but only a picture of the object that is called forth by a chemical process in the eye, EYE. Taste lies in the middle between smell and vision. It is an in-between sense. When I taste, I do indeed take part of the object itself into myself, but I do not perceive this part directly as with smell. I must rather first undertake a chemical process with it in order to taste it. With hearing, I do not perceive any object but rather vibrations in the air. I also perceive certain vibrations when I feel warmth but then my entire body is perceiving, whereas in hearing 
the perception of vibrations takes place in a very special organ formed for it. The three logoi are related to these three senses. The third logos is so selfless that it lets its being sound through the world. The second streams forth in pictures. However, the first logos lets itself stream forth its own body. That signifies the highest degree of selflessness when a being is able to allow its own being to flow forth. At the beginning of the world, the first logos began to let its being stream forth. The universe was filled, so to speak, with a fragrance. The aroma of the world would be the first logos for us. Everything material took its origin from it, from its body. The second began to stream forth and interwove the aroma of the world with pictures and forms. Then the world began to form, light and color lit up. The third sounded through the evolving world. The aroma of the world flooded through space, majestic forms shone forth, and sounds of the third logos pulsated through this shimmering, fragrant world. We can now understand the entire world surrounding us as the pouring forth of the three logoi, and thereby gradually penetrate to their true being. Now, not every one of the three logoi works by itself alone, but rather they live and weave in one another, so that any one of the three, at any given time, is expressed in the other two. But the effects of each of the three are not immediately clear to our perception that is connected with the time of their pouring forth. As our planet series came to light, the streaming out of the third Logos began, and its tone will only finish sounding when our planet series will have achieved the end of our evolution. But the waves of the other two did not first stream only at the beginning of our world series. They have come to us from earlier world development. The waves flowing forth from the other Logoi did not stream forth for the first time, only at the beginning of our world series. They have come to us from earlier evolution of the world. The flowing waves from both of these last longer than those of the third Logos. Yet before our planet series reaches its goal, the radiating of the second Logos will have ceased and a new one begun. This new streaming forth is what actually belongs to our planetary system that we are working on. The new radiation of the second Logos is prepared long before it fully streams forth. Such preparatory streams were what the great religious founders, Buddha, Zoroaster, Hermes, etc., brought into the world. 
however, when the light of the second Logos shone again for the last time, it shone the brightest, and that was in Jesus Christ. What it now shines, excuse me, when it now shines again, it is the second Logos itself, who radiates forth his being anew. The wave streaming forth from the first Logos is even longer than the wave from the second. When the new Logos has long since flowed away, the first will have ceased sounding and begun its new radiating, which only then will actually belong to our planet series. The third Logos will be mostly clearly perceptible to us. It sounds forth fully and loudly. And if we want to characterize its being, we say that it has a bright, vowel-like sound. Ah! Just as in each of the three Logoi, the other two are also perceptible, so too the first and second Logoi are sounding forth together in the third. Similarly, the first and third Logoi radiate as pictures in the second. And in the first Logos, the second and third stream forth as fragrance. To begin with, however, only the interaction of the first and second in the third Logos is recognizable to us. When we can hear the bright, full ah of the third Logos, there is yet another sound resonating with it, the sound of the second Logos. But our second Logos is still evolving. For that reason, its tone is still muffled. Nevertheless, a full vowel like Our first Logos, which will arise only in the distant future, sounds like a gentle humming undertone. Its tone is not vowel-like, it is still too far away for that, but rather a muffled consonant. Hence we have the sound of the loftiest powers expressed in Aum. That is the goal we are all striving toward. to to participate in the being of these lofty, holy powers of the world. The human soul has value for the evolution of the world only to the extent that it partakes in these powers. There's a picture. The first and the second Logos resonate with the third Logos. The third Logos tone is entirely on the physical plane. We can create the tone give forth from us and receive it. End of record A. Record B excerpts, and it begins with a chart, which again, uh, I won't read. Steiner, or uh, the, the person who recorded this. Long before the new radiating forth of the first Logos fully sent forth the world fragrance, it was being prepared. Its development took place on an earlier Manvantara, and only the remnants of that evolution reach into ours as far as the sun. The second Logos, lights, world light, Christ, with its development, which also occurred in an earlier Manvantara, reached into our Manvantara up to earth. Then the evolution of a new Christ began in the form of Krishna, 
Zoroaster, Hermes, Buddha, Moses, parentheses, there's two question marks in parentheses there, and formed its continuation in Christ Jesus. Parenthesis, see the events of Pistis Sophia and the Twin Redeemers. Manuscript comment. Close parenthesis. The third logos, tone, is entirely on the physical plane. We can create the tone from ourselves and receive it. The third logos, parenthesis, harmony of the spheres, world tone, close parenthesis, began its evolution on our Saturn and will be perfected with the Vulcan incarnation, with our Manvantara. What the first logos, world fragrance, casts off from its being in the course of its evolution is incarnated in all the evil spirits who, as is already stated in myths and sagas, spread an evil aroma. And this descends into the Eighth Kingdom. The less evil beings who are incarnated in what was cast off from the evolution of the Second Logos are the opposite of the spirits of light, the spirits of darkness. Only the Kingdom of the Third Logos, Tone, can human beings take into themselves and then send back outside of themselves. Indeed, by receiving sound through hearing, and then by means of the larynx, sending the sound back into the world again. What human beings have received through the light, the pictures of the external world which they have taken into themselves through their eyes, they will later be able to set back into the world as pictures, as forms, through the pineal gland, indeed through their etherized blood, that will then have been brought under the control of their will. They will then be more selfless. They will no longer take oxygen, which plants give to them today, into themselves from outside, but rather they will generate the oxygen within themselves. The blue blood that goes into the heart they will produce within themselves, without breathing in air from outside. And this they will give up for the creation of pictures and forms. And, later yet, when they will have become even more selfless, they will be in a position to give up their own substance and create beings out of it. And then, by means of the mucous glands they, that are located close to their pineal gland, they will be able to set them out of themselves. There's a picture of the uh, Saturn, Sun, Moon, Earth, Jupiter, Venus, Vulcan. And uh, uh, some more charts. End of rec- record B. Uh, I will say this record C again has many of the, a picture of much of what Steiner just said and too much to read, but I will then go past the picture and the last thing then in this is all three are contained in each of the three logoi. A shadow image of each is contained in its substance in the other. And that is uh, the end of record C and the end of this section of the reading, which finishes up uh, the year 1906.